and we were just sitting there swinging and we looked across the way, across the field and right against the woods, we saw the Jersey Devil looking at us. And we both kind of got scared. We got, no, we got very scared and we ran into the house. And maybe a couple hours later on, we double checked to make sure that we were looking at the same spot and we weren't confused with, you know, maybe it's a tree stump or something like that. And no, it wasn't there. You hear that? Yeah. Sure did. It's right over here, Cat. Hearing noises. We hear faint noises in the distance. Let's go this way. Shh. There it is. What is that? I have no idea. What could that be? Anybody over there? Something back there? Hold yeah. still. Hold still. Let me see if I can get back there. Right, it was right back there. Get this get it this was right back behind that tree. Good morrow and welcome aboard to episode three of Somewhat Interesting. I'm your host, Paul Prince. Thanks again for joining me today. Uh, I got a really cool episode for you, something that's very near and dear to the hearts of most New Jerseyans, uh, a bit of folklore that we've all adopted as something that's possibly real, most likely not real, but it's a cool little scary thing to tell the kids when you're trying to keep them quiet or even just fun campfire stories. That, of course, is the famous Leeds Point Devil. Some of you might know it as the Jersey Devil or the New Jersey Devil or the Devil of Leeds. There's a lot of names. The cool thing about this cryptid, unlike Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster or even the Mothman, this story actually has an origin. A lot of these other cryptids, you don't really know where they're from or why they're there. Uh, but this story has has an origin, which the consistencies in the different origin stories of it are actually so close that there's been just one consensus of where this creature came from. I'm not going to get too much more into it uh, because I have the entire story coming up. But I would also like to ask you nicely and lovingly to go to your favorite podcast provider, wherever you get it, and leave a five-star review for this uh, show, Somewhat Interesting. It really, really, really helps a lot, like more than you could even imagine. But it really does help get uh, the show out there to more people, and it's the easiest way you could help out. So stick around. Without further ado-do, let's get into the story of the Jersey Devil. As a kid, I spent most of my summers in the city of New Gretna. It's a tiny town right smack in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. My carefree days were spent swimming in repurposed cranberry bogs, hiking, building tree forts, and making terrible movies on my parents' camcorder. This was childhood, and we had no concerns whatsoever, except for one. A wyvern-like creature with a goat's head, bat's wings, horns, and small arms ending in clawed hands. This creature was known as the Jersey Devil. Nessie, Mothman, the Chupacabra, every area has its folklore about strange and elusive creatures. 
all the way back to tales of gnomes and fairies. These creatures could be malevolent and cruel, or kind and protective. The latter can't be said about the cryptid that is said to stalk the dark forests of the New Jersey Pine Barrens. The following is a story straight from the magazine Weird NJ. In 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant for the 13th time. Her husband was a lazy drunk who made few efforts to provide for his wife and 12 children. Reaching a point of absolute exasperation upon learning of the 13th child, she raised her hands to the heavens and proclaimed, Let this one be the devil. Mother Leeds went into labor a few months later. On a tumultuous stormy night, no longer mindful of the curse she had uttered previously regarding her unborn child. Her children and husband huddled together in one room of their Leeds Point home, while local midwives gathered to deliver the baby in another. By all accounts, the birth went routinely. The 13th Leeds child was seemingly a normal baby boy. Within minutes, however, Mother Leeds' unholy wish of months before began to come to fruition. The baby began to change and metamorphose right in front of their eyes. Within moments, it transformed from a beautiful newborn baby into a hideous creature unlike anything the world has ever seen. The wailing infant began growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-like claws tore through the tips of its fingers. Leathery bat wings unfurled from its back and hair and feathers sprouted all over the child's body. Its eyes began glowing bright red and they grew larger in the monster's gnarled and snarling face. The creature savagely attacked its mother, killing then turning its attention to the rest of the horrified onlookers who witnessed its temptuous transformation. It flew at them, clawing and biting, voicing unearthly shrieks the entire time. It tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some and killing the others. The monster then knocked down the door to the next room where its own father and siblings cowered in fear and attacked them all, killing as many as it could. Those who survived to tell the tale then watched in horror as the rotten beast sprinted toward the chimney and flew up it, destroying it on the way and leaving a pile of rubble in its wake. The creature then made good its escape into the darkness and desolation of the Pine Barrens where it has lived ever since. Cool story, I know. Imagine being told this as a kid, walking through the Pine Barrens dirt roads in your small campground community. Some nights during the week when the moon was shadowed, you couldn't see as far as your hand in front of your own face. I always believed in the Leeds Devil as a kid. I also feel lucky to have lived in an area with such crazy folklore. I mean, it's so crazy that even an episode of the hit series The X-Files visited the subject at one time. One of the first reported sightings was in the small village of Bordentown. Napoleon Bonaparte's brother, Joseph Bonaparte, who was living in exile in New Jersey, claims to have seen the Jersey Devil while hunting deer near his estate. More sightings after this helped the legend grow. It was fueled by animal attacks and strange footprints. More and more people were beginning to see the Leeds Devil. In the 18th and 19th centuries, the New Jersey Devil was spotted throughout the Pine Barrens region, scaring the bejesus out of the local residents and any of those brave enough to travel the dense and vast forests of southern New Jersey. High-pitched and ungodly screams could be heard coming from the local bogs and pine tree jungle, as well as reports of domesticated animals being slaughtered or disappearing. Over the years, the legend of the Leeds Devil grew. According to the magazine Weird NJ, the most infamous of these incidents occurred during the week of January 16th through the 23rd of 1909. Eyewitnesses spotted the beast in Camden and in Bristol, Pennsylvania, 
and in both cities police fired on it but could not manage to bring it down. A few days later it reappeared in Camden, attacking a late night meeting of a social club and then flying away. The entire week people reported that their livestock, particularly their chickens, were being slaughtered. The marauding misanthrope reappeared later in the week in Camden, where local women found the beast attempting to eat her dog. While there has not been another week to match the frequency, fervor, and intensity of the January 1909 rampage, numerous sightings of the Jersey Devil have continued to be reported to this day. The tale of the devil has spread beyond the Pine Barren and has been embraced by all of New Jersey, even to the point where it has been largely commercialized. Most famously, the devil has lent its name to New Jersey's NHL hockey team, the Jersey Devils. In 1909, members of the Navy were running drills at the Hanover Millworks in the New Jersey Pine Barrens. A Navy commander by the name of Stephen Decatur claimed that they were practicing shooting cannons when they spotted the Jersey Devil in the distance. He claimed that he had even shot at the creature with a cannonball, and according to witnesses, they saw the cannonball go directly through the New Jersey Devil's wing and it was still left alive. When this story got out, people had no choice but to believe that it must be true. I mean, it was coming from the Navy officials. Schools were canceled in the town surrounding the Pine Barrens and over 1,000 people had contacted the police claiming that they had seen the Jersey Devil too. In 1927, there were no electric streetlights, as large electrical grids were not really a thing yet. So the back roads in the New Jersey Pines under a clouded moon would have been all but pitch black, besides the light from your car. A lone taxicab with no passengers was speeding through the desolate and dark barrens when he heard the unmistakable pop of a flat tire. The driver sighed and swore to himself as he managed to pull the now disabled taxi to the side of the unlit road. He gathered his thoughts and opened the door. After retrieving his spare from the trunk of the car, he began the task of replacing the wrecked rubber foot of his yellow sedan. During the process, he could hear the nighttime wildlife, mostly crickets and toads. The normal sounds you would hear on a typical forest night. He enjoyed them as he worked, and then they stopped. The halted noise was enough for him to notice. He stood as he finished, and he tossed the spare tire to the side of the road. An eerie feeling washed over him just before a creature emerged from the darkness. It was running on its hind legs, screeching and screaming. In a panic, he got into his car and looked around through all of the windows, but he saw nothing. Was it his imagination? Was it his exhaustion from driving patrons all day starting to take effect on his tired mind? He sighed in relief and he started the engine. Just then, he heard the sound of something dangerously heavy slamming onto the roof of his yellow taxi. It scratched and clawed, trying to rip a hole into the roof like a can of tuna. The driver revved and popped the engine into gear. He swerved on the road, hoping to dislodge whatever was just above his head pounding on the ceiling. As he reached his top speed, the sound stopped. He did not follow suit. He sped to his escape, while only hearing the unmistakable scream of the devil in the distance. Honestly, this is only a few of the myriad of sightings of this legendary beast. There has been many more over the years. But all in all, searching through history, all roads to this legend lead back to one man. Benjamin Franklin. That's right, the Grand Peepaw of keys tied to kites and electrocuting turkeys. 
Benny Fresh Franklin was busy trying to monopolize the farmer's almanac game in this New Jersey colony. He was doing well until a man who was loyal to the red coat crown stepped up and said, Hey bud, let's party! <laughs> These two men would get into a bitter political feud in order to be the one who put out the most definitive farmer's almanac guide. And I'll remember this for later. Prior to the 1900s and before the series of reported sightings in 1909, the Jersey Devil was referred to as the Leeds Devil or the Devil of Leeds, either in connection to the local Leeds family or the southern New Jersey town of Leeds Point. Mother Leeds has been identified as Deborah Leeds on the grounds that her husband, Jaffet Leeds, named 12 children in a will that he wrote just before he died, which is completely compatible with the legend. Deborah and Jaffet Leeds also lived in the Leeds Point section of what is now Atlantic County, New Jersey, which is commonly the location of the Jersey Devil story. A historian of science at Keene University, Brian Regal, also theorizes that colonial-era political intrigue involving early New Jersey politicians Benjamin Franklin and Franklin's rival almanac publisher Daniel Leeds resulted in the Leeds family being described as monsters. And it was Daniel Leeds' negative description as the Leeds Devil rather than an actual creature that created the later legend of the Jersey Devil. So like most other things in the United States, the theory is that this grand legend was created to make money and gain political influence. That's some pretty grimy shit, Benny Franklin. Lastly, in 1883, the Jersey Devil was on display at the Arch Museum in Philadelphia. And just like P.T. Barnum's Museum of Curiosities and Ripley's Believe It or Not in Atlantic City, the Arch Museum of Philadelphia specialized in displaying hoaxes. It spread posters around town claiming that they had captured the Jersey Devil and that they put it on display in their museum. They actually took a curiosity they once called the Australian Vampire, which was a taxidermy abomination. It was really just the body of a kangaroo with wings attached and they rebranded it the Jersey Devil. At that time, a lot of Americans had never seen a kangaroo, so it's possible that some might have been fooled. In the posters around Philadelphia, they announced that they had caught the beast after a long struggle. Tickets were only a dime, but there were only enough customers to help keep the business afloat for another couple weeks. However, the museum was going bankrupt, and as soon enough, people were tired of the beast, and they just had to shut their doors. So now what? So is the Jersey Devil real? Most likely not. I often still visit the Pine Barrens as an adult, sometimes for nostalgia of a simpler time in my life, sometimes to hike with my own little hatchlings or even just by myself. It is during these alone times that I can really start to freak myself out with the question, what if? Stranger things have happened. Is it possible that a large cryptid is living undiscovered in our tiny little corner of history here in the Great Garden State? So if you happen to be in this desolate area of New Jersey, keep an ear out for flapping wings, cracking branches, and the deafening, unmistakable screech of the Leeds Point Devil. You just might be on the menu. So there you have it, the story of the Jersey Devil. I hope you enjoyed the different approach I took to this episode. I wanted to do something a little spooky since it's something that actually is a spooky little story. Um, I plan on doing different types of podcasts, so I really hope you stick around and sort of see where I go with uh, different um, sort of styles of reading and, and reporting on certain things. My next two episodes 
are a little more light. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. They're not going to be very spooky or anything like that. They're going to be very informative, though, I can tell you. So, with that being said, somewhat interesting has been a TLP Media production. Uh, please follow me on all the social medias and all that good stuff. Uh, let's see. It is Instagram is TLP Interesting. Uh, Twitter is TLP Interesting. Facebook is the new TLP. Also go over to Somewhat Interesting on YouTube to see a couple videos that I have. I plan on adding more based on a lot of these shows. They're actually very different, uh, a little bit shorter than these shows, and uh, it's probably going to be different content uh, about the same subjects, though. Does that make sense? Yeah, anyway. So thank you so much. Uh, take care of each other, and always be on the lookout for something that is somewhat interesting. Good night.